Apparently, I was wrong about Johnny Storm. He is going full flame one. The the first image only showed his Hello. arm. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 73 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... The host with the most, the Max from Tex. You know who I am? Mini Miguel. No. Maxi Miguel. No. <laughs> Lord <Miguel> Horsechick. <laughs> Lord Mushroom. No. Lord, what? No. <laughs> Lord Horsechick. The one and only. I'm not Mac. I'm not Mini Miguel. That's Bri-Fi. I'm Mac. I don't even like that name anyway. <laughs> it doesn't come out right. <laughs> Mushroom Miguel? Sure. Lord... Horse mushroom, please? No? I don't see how it would work. <laughs> we're going to have like a four-minute intro while you keep uh, talking. <laughs> well, we also have some special guests on the show tonight. Uh, these two guys we had on about a year ago when they did their very first Kickstarter, Mr. Michael Martin and Adam Orndorff from Nightshade Comics. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. Thanks. Doing pretty good. Just hanging out. How are you guys? Doing excellent. Yeah. Miguel's doing wonderful. He's got all kinds of new titles and add-ons to his name you guys didn't even know about. Magical new hats. <laughs> More personalities I can handle. Yeah. I can't remember who I am half the time anymore. He started taking the lithium, but it's not helping. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy for a guy with no personality to have that many personalities. <laughs> hey, what are you saying? <laughs> There's Merman. Bam! Bam! Zoom! And Warpath. <laughs> Pulling out all the stops, man. <laughs> of course. We got the guys back on. <laughs> we love these guys. I'm still waiting for my first issue of Blood and Lust. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We Well... With everything that's been going on in the comics right now, I think everybody's afraid to draw blood and lust. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Especially, how great was it to see what, the, what Frank Cho did, right? I mean, after all that stuff, after all that mess that they talked about him, and then he went ahead and he went ahead and released that book, and then he donated everything to charity. Yeah, and he got a lot of backlash for it, though. Well, yeah, but the thing is he got backlash before people knew what he was doing with the money. Yeah, I guess that's true. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no. Major sack. That's what I like to say. Miguel, you probably don't even know what they're talking about, but you saw the Milo Minara picture a long time ago with the Spider Woman doing the really erotic pose with her ass in the air. Yeah, I know. Maybe made jokes about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Cho did the same thing with a bunch of other characters. He he. I saw a one with Deadpool. I think. I don't did, think he did a Deadpool. He didn't do. I Deadpool. know it was out there. It was mostly huh. female characters. Okay, uh, like Harley and Batgirl. Stuff like that. Spider-Gwen, I think, was one of them. And he released a book, and I guess he donated the profits to charity. I actually didn't know that part. He's all yeah, the sketch, um, he sold the he sketch got, cover. Well, he got he got blasted by another blog, and they went after him. And that's when, like, all of Internet started taking bites at him. And then the next thing you know, he went ahead. It was it was re- released that he donated everything to a battered woman shelter or something of that effect. That's awesome. And it, it was a sizable amount of money that he got for that sketch cover, too. So pretty much all the internet had to say, oh, man, what do we do? <laughs> Stop being so sensitive, maybe? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Hello. Dear internet, stop being douches. <laughs> Definitely stop threatening people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, they, he got a lot of threats about that. Yeah. That's the most ridiculous part. Internet tough people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Fun, fair, positive soccer. I'm telling you, it's ruining the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a lot to talk about today, so let's get right into things. Miguel, what were your top two books for the week? Number two, The Life After. Number nine. Oh, yeah. Josh Fialkov and Gabo. 
Uh, it's actually my number two book as well. Take a trip to hell. Yeah, uh, they finally make it into hell. Jude and, and Ernest Hemingway are not in this issue for once. Yeah, because they're busy sunbathing. Yeah, they've been, <laughs> they've been the focus of the story up until this point. But in issue number nine, it's the daughter of the girl that Jude saved mm-hmm. and all of her little children uh, associates. <laughs> I don't know what you call those things. I don't really know what you call them either. They're like little kid warriors. And uh, they've coerced this demon into coming onto their side. And they're planning to go to hell to try to break the system so they can escape. And the woman who's become like this real tame demon, she just looks like a little hipster girl now. She's like, you really don't want to take me to hell because when you take me there, whatever enchantment you have on me is going to break and I'm going to become a bad guy again. I'm going to eat you. And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. She's like, no, I promise it won't. And they're like, no, it'll be okay. Let's go. So if the demon's warning you not to take him to hell, you you don't ask the demon to take you to hell. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You find another way. But they went to hell with the demon, and sure enough, first thing that happened when they got there is she broke free, turned into this giant monster, and started eating little kids. Yeah, that was messed up. She snapped <laughs> the one in half and like started like, what in the world? Drinking its blood and stuff. I mean, it was, it was a gruesome and crazy, crazy book. And then she threw out, you turned me into a hipster. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what you expect from Fialkov, and, and I loved it. I mean, Life After is one of my favorite series that's coming out right now. So yeah, good. poor bunny. <laughs> Have either of you guys read that one? No, no, I haven't. I've actually gone way far back. I've been trying to catch up on a bunch of stuff, so I'm a little bit behind on new stuff. I read uh, Superman Red Sun. Okay. And uh, I, I love, love, love the hell out of the all-new uh, the, the all new X-Men. Oh, yeah. The first, like, 20 issues of that are just incredible. Oh, my God. it's And it, it's, it hasn't lost its steam either. I love what Bendis has done with it. And the artwork is beautiful. I'm just so in love with the art. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about All New X-Men in just a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, duh. I forgot about that. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, right? <laughs> what was your number one this week, Miguel? Well, number one uh, was Rick Remender's Deadly Class, number 12. Yeah, Rick Remender and Wes Craig. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a good issue. I, I'm a big fan of Remender. I'm a big fan of his writing, and I love this series. But it, it's kind of gotten a little bit lackluster for me. Because they're not in the school. Because they haven't been at the school for a really long time. Not since issue two, or issue three, I think. And... There's this whole love triangle thing going on with Saya and Maria, and it's, it's just kind of lost its interest for me. It's lost a little bit of its flavor. Even all the hell that just broke loose. Well, I have to agree that the, the house where they were fighting Fuckface and his <laughs> army of rednecks was a pretty interesting fight scene. But once they're through that, it's just them running through the streets from Maria's ex-boyfriend's crazy family. And, I mean, they are relentless, and they are definitely sick, twisted, evil dudes, but... It's just not that interesting. Not that much happened in this issue. Marcus got thrown off a bridge. No, he didn't. Yeah, well, no, he got smashed. Yeah, he got thrown. The last scene you see him falling, or maybe he's just laying down on the ground. He's, laying, he's laying on a pool of blood. On the well, he ground. got the crap beat out of him. Yeah, he got beat up. But And they took the girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, it advances the story. I'm not saying it doesn't advance the story. How do you not like crazy Mexican guy on a motorcycle? Because it's been done to death. It wasn't anything original. I've never seen a crazy Mexican on a motorcycle. you never seen a Danny <laughs> Trejo movie. <laughs> <laughs> In a comic book. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was good. He's it, better than Ghost Rider. It didn't quite make my top. That's story. right. I said it. I said it. Are you talking Ghost Rider the movie or Ghost Rider the comic? <laughs> Ghost Rider the comic in the car. The, oh, the current one? Yeah. yeah. The current one's kind of <laughs> Danny Trejo on a bike. I love it. <laughs> what was your number one? My number one was actually The Empty Number Three from Jimmy Robinson. Uh, this book has really taken a hold of me. Uh, it's this story of this wasteland, and this girl washes up, and she has the ability to heal the wasteland. Anything she touches, she can make grow. And the girl she's teamed up with is this kind of outcast from her society. She's a hunter. She'd always go out there and find stray animals and come back and feed the village, that kind of thing. Well, they've gone on a quest to try to destroy these evil roots that have sprung up and are just, they're the cause of this decayed wasteland that they live in. 
Well, they find out that there's some kind of machinery inside of the roots. They're not actually organic. So they start tracing them to the source. And they end up on this island of bugs. And the bugs have been alive and evolving for so long. And they've been mutated by whatever toxic gas is coming out of these tubes. Uh, that they've gained the ability to speak. They've gained the ability to... Uh, but, they, but they don't even speak normally. They, they use, like, vibrations from their wings to create sounds that sound like words that the people can understand. That's pretty freaking cool. It was really awesome. Awesome. Big-ass freaking grasshopper. Yeah, there's there so many really interesting and intricate little things in this book, and I just absolutely loved it. Well, the art is what, you know, messed with us at the beginning. Uh, but it, It's a very unique style, and it took some getting used to. Like, the first issue, I felt like he, he didn't really do as good of a job with the art as he could have, but we talked about that and said that he was the writer and the artist and the inker and the colorist and the editor. He did everything on his own. He did the entire book by himself. All three books, as a matter of fact. The first one, the art definitely suffered a little bit because I think he was doing so much and he wasn't used to what he was doing yet. By this time, he's hit his stride. The artwork's much better in the third issue than it, it was in the Still looks the same to me. Oh, no, it's improved. I can promise you that. I mean, I didn't have too much problem with it before. I just thought he was doing too much. But, yeah, I like the book, too. I just don't like what happened at the end. Yeah. It <laughs> I'm kind of a, a little mad right now. <laughs> it leaves you on a crazy cliffhanger because with the insects, they like make the people fight in an arena and uh, just... It's a, it's a crazy cliffhanger. So I'm curious to see what happens. I mean, we talked about it at the office today. So I'm wondering if what you said, or I don't want to get spoilers away. I'm wondering if, you know, they're really not what I think they are. But uh, that's actually my pick of the week. I think it's the best book, best new book that people haven't found out about yet. So hopefully people do because it's awesome. Yeah, I'm waiting for book number four now. I need to find out what happened. <laughs> so that was my pick of the week. What was your pick of the week? Uh, my pick of the week was actually a new book from Chip Zdarsky and Kagan McLeod called Captara Number 1 or Captara. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> Issue number one. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. Just rename it. <laughs> uh, it's about this group of space explorers, and they're on some kind of mission to like save Earth. So they go through this wormhole, and as they're traveling through it, they're ill-prepared for it. And there's these aliens that are in there with them, and their ship just starts falling apart. So they escape through pods, and they end up crash landing on this planet. Well, as soon as they crash land, all these monsters start attacking them, and pretty much only one dude survives. And he gets captured by the locals and taken before their king, and he claims that he's the prince of uh, dance or something. <laughs> claims that he's royalty. And they take it literally, obviously. They don't realize that he's like making an asinine joke. And so they treat him like royalty. Uh, there was a lot of really interesting comparisons to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe in this book, which I think is why I loved it so much. Uh, I, I love the fact that the bad guy's name is Skuldor and that the royal prince or whatever is this huge buff He-Man looking dude with like a real girly haircut. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many things in the book that, that really spoke to me. And a lot of the jokes I really got this time. So uh, definitely a better first issue for Chip Zdarsky than Howard the Duck was. When I picked it up and I read it here, because uh, I bought it too, uh, at first I thought he was kind of lazy. The art on the people. Like, ugh. Like, what the hell? And it just, it just seemed, I don't know, it just didn't grab me at the beginning. And finally I go through the stupid wormhole. And, I, well, they didn't even go through it. Remember, it drug them in. Yeah, yeah. It they yanked them choice. in there. Right. They didn't have a choice. And everything started breaking. All hell broke loose, and then this creature starts attacking. The guy. I know all the other guys died. I didn't really know. You really don't. Well, you may still have more think, of them yeah. pop up, but you know at least three of them died. The cool part was when the other people showed up, and the big warrior pops out, and then, then you see the bad guy. That's when it actually got interesting to me. So at the beginning, he might have lost a few people, but after about midway, that's when it picks up. So I may get one more and try it out. I liked Howard the Duck. I didn't have a problem with Howard the Duck. Yeah, so it's fine before me because I like Howard the Duck. Period. Anyway, so yeah, so I was good with that. But uh, that's your pick. I like your it. choice. 
What about you guys? Have you read anything interesting recently that you'd like to talk about? No, man. I am I am uh, currently in full-on production mode of everything. I don't get time to do anything um, but uh, create, write, and do everything that we have to do in order to get the, the book out. So, no, I have no, I'm not even aware that anybody else makes comics but me at this point. <laughs> what about you, Adam? Uh, like I said, I, right now, if, if I have any spare time, it's pretty much catching up on all new x-men um my friend loaned me that woman volume one so i'm checking out that i've always been a huge jh williams fan so i love the hell out of that but like mike said i mean the bottom line is that there's so much time putting into getting this thing going and and just working through the kickstarter and and just trying to get everything done that there's been like zero time to dedicate towards reading anything new i did however pick up um there's a there's a like a collectibles card shop and mm-hmm. the guy had these, these oversized Conan magazines from from the seventies. Okay, and he sold them for me to he sold them to me for like a buck a pop. Awesome. And yeah, they got like old Neil Adams stuff and old, you know, Salbashima artwork and and stuff like that. And it's beautiful. And it's all in black and white, so you really don't have it with that tortured coloring from the seventies. It just it's perfect. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I understand you guys being extremely busy and not having a chance to read. I mean, I don't know how at times we pull off reading 30-something books. Yeah, I think if our show was not about comic books, we wouldn't have time to read comic books. <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, I was said something on Twitter a little while ago that it's amazing the different skills that I've had to learn to produce um, a book. You know, it's my day job is project management. So, you know, everything that I do is, is moving things through phases and everything. Um, and then it's also in, in creativity. So then you do that all day long and then you come home and then you have your other project that you work through um, mm-hmm. where, you know, I have to learn Photoshop, Illustrator. Um, you know, when we did the Kickstarter video, I did everything through uh, Premiere Pro and After Effects and everything else. Uh, you know, so I'm learning the green screen and all these other things. And it's like, this is this is just a little bit insane that I have to learn so many jobs in order to be able to put out the book. If I could only just learn to draw in color, I could just, just really... Save myself a whole lot of yeah, it would be awesome. <laughs> but at the end of yeah. the day, it's so worth it, isn't it? Oh, you know it, that's the that's the cool part is I, I have no idea what else I would do at this point because it's so. When I wake up in the morning and I get uh, you know messages from Roy with uh, new pages, or you know when I get stuff from Raymond and and then the other work that we get to do and the people we get to work with, um, I, I have no other thing that I want to do but this. Some- Super grateful to Mike, man, because if he wasn't wearing all those hats, I have no idea where this thing would be. I mean, I, I see all the work that he puts into it. It's like you said, there's there's a pretty good reason why he's not reading anything because literally the dude – what do you sleep, like four hours a night, five hours? Yeah, something like that. I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 okay, I'll be the nice guy now here. <laughs> I mean, this podcast, is a lot of the stuff that we do here would not be possible if it wasn't for my mate over here, Justin, just doing everything. The man, your mate? Yeah, that's right, my mate. That's right. I'm doing the BK. <laughs> yeah, that's sexy. Welcome to Australia. You can get married in, uh, you can get married in Texas now, right? <laughs> oh, I don't love him that much. I'm not. Ma- I'm not mating with you. I'm sorry, dude. Even though the wife says the bromance is on, uh, maybe a bromance, but it may be a bromance, but there's no mating going on. Exactly. Yeah, well, Adam's my heterosexual life mate, so I, I feel you. <laughs> I, I get you. It, it, seriously, that's the key part. People ask, you know, well. You know what's the thing, and it's finding the right team and finding the the right partnership, man. It's you guys doing your podcast. It's us doing the book. Um, you know, it, it, finding that right team is the thing that makes makes you be able to be successful, man. If I, I can't even imagine trying to do it by myself. No, God, no. It would be, it would be the. Remember, I I, I sent you the uh, the mock cover for the world's worst strong comic book, and that's pretty much where it stopped. 
that's yeah. pretty much what it is. Yeah, it, without Mike, it doesn't. I, I can handle a lot of the creative aspect of it, but the reality is that without Mike to be able to go ahead and step in and be our, I, I call him our Steve Jobs, our Barker. Because let's face it, when I'm when I'm at a con, I, I can talk to people, but he engages them. You know, he's he's there and he's going and he's engaging. He's bringing people into our table, into our circle, so that they want to go ahead and and hear more about the book and. That, I mean, there are a lot of things I can do, and, and again, I, I'm not like a total introvert. I don't just like hide under the table or anything, but the reality is that if he wasn't doing that, God, I how this thing would look. No, I, I feel you. Whenever we go to cons, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm not an introvert, obviously. I can talk to people, but I'm not a very outgoing person either, and it's very hard for me to walk up to strangers and be like, hey, can right. I talk or whatever, but Miguel has no problem with that. Like he, he doesn't care what, what's going on. He just walks up to random people and he's like, hey, come talk to us. Thanks, man. <laughs> That's great about having to be born without a shame, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, how are you? I'm Miguel. I'd like to be your friend. Exactly, yeah. I've got a Miguel myself and this one here, man. Mm-hmm. He's fearless when it comes to talking to me. He'll chat anybody up. Which is the stupidest thing in the world to say. Because I absolutely hate talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so bizarre, man, because it, and if you see him go at the con, there is not a single person that he won't chat up. And it's like, hey, most of the time, you know, once you get near the end, you're like, and you all see it. You get like at the, the, the 65, 70% mark at the con and your face is all droopy and you're just tired of being there. Mm-hmm. And, and you're, you're like, you're, it's awesome you're there and there's people coming around. But you're also at the same time, you're like, oh, I've been here behind this table for a long time. This guy, man, he doesn't even show it. He's just up on his feet and ready to roll. That's passion. And then I yeah. collapse the second they close. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like when I go You're shopping with my wife bucket. and my kids, and then uh, my wife will be like, she'll look at my daughter, where's your dad? Oh, he's over there talking to some dude. We don't even know who he is. Dad, he just met walking in the store, and he said hello to my dad, and dad just told him his life story, and now he knows what his story is. <laughs> yeah, all the, all the time, Miguel comes up to me, and he's like, Hey, I gave the business card to somebody at the gas station. They're going to check out the show. Or, hey, I was at the grocery store buying fruit, and I talked to somebody, and they're going to check out the show. And it's just like, hey, where, where do you meet these people? Hey, I was just in California, yeah. the bar, and the yeah. waitress, uh, the manager's now carrying our cards at the restaurant in California. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, you, got, you know, there is nothing wrong with shameless self-promotion, man. You, you know, you don't see a post from me right now that doesn't have my Kickstarter linked to it or um, you know, it doesn't matter, man. You, it's it's that nobody's going to know you're there until you let them know. Well, why don't we why don't we talk about the Kickstarter since that's what this is actually supposed to be about, <laughs> and not me, what? And not, not about you. Oh. It's not all about you, man. Oh, I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell them kind of the? I know we had you talk about Blood and Dust before, and you told everybody the pitch, but why don't you refresh them on what Blood and Dust is all about? So Blood and Dust is the story of the first American vampire. Judd Glenny was a Civil War soldier. You know, uh, he rode with Quantrill's Raiders, um, and, you know, that was the, the worst of the worst. That was Jet Frank and Jesse James, the younger brothers, um, uh, Bloody Bill Anderson. The, the, the worst people in the, in the war were in that group, and Judd was the worst of them. So when the war was over, he went out west and, um, you know, was trying to cleanse himself and went on a spirit quest and was possessed by the spirit of the vampire, one that they didn't even think was real, and so he became the first American vampire. After the possession, he would uh, rode the West as the most feared um, terror that there was. People didn't even know that, you know, whether he was real or legend, the towns would end up disappearing because of him. So after doing that for uh, about 50 years, he found out that he had family. And so he went uh, to find that family. And when he found them, the, uh, his uh, great granddaughter, who he found, had three children and she was dying 
So in an effort to try and not lose the family that he just found, he turned her, but what he didn't know is that her brain was ate up with scarlet fever. So she became a complete feral monster and ended up turning her kids. So out of penance and out of, uh, out of his mistake, Judd um, has now spent um, the past 50 or so years as a babysitter to a, bun- a little vampire family in the swamps of Oklahoma. Basically, he's got an agreement because in that swamp there is a creature that lives there that takes the kids of the little town. And Judd has an agreement with the town. He goes in and gets them, and they in turn leave him and his family be. Um, because all he wants to do is be left in peace and be left alone. But as we say, then comes a knock at the door. Yeah. Issue two, you guys sent us an early copy of it. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, I loved issue one, too. Um, but I really liked the Swamp Monster and everything about it. I, I loved the design. I loved uh, the fight. It was just really cool. He looks so awesome. badass, doesn't he? Yeah, it really does. I get it. Yeah, Roy, uh, Roy Allen Martinez. Um, he is our artist. Um, Roy um, did a book called Wicked um, a while back. Um, he's done House of M. He's done Wonder Woman. Um, Iron Fist. Uh, Iron Fist. And he's absolutely brilliant. And, and, you know, we loved issue one. You know, Rudy did a great job in issue one. But it was never exactly what, in my mind, um, it should have looked like. And when Adam found Roy and shot him over to my, my way, I was like, oh, my God. And uh, first, you know, we, he agreed to do three test pages for us. And by the time the second one got to me, I'm like, you're, you're done. You're on the clock. Um, start. <laughs> well, and what's, what's even funnier about Roy is, you know, what really attracted me to him was not his comic work. It's looking at his little, he had these, these just freehand sketches that he was drawing. Really, really messed up, weird looking stuff. And I kept thinking to myself, I was like, if I take this really messed up thing that he drew, and then I take whatever really messed up thing might be floating around Mike's head at this point in time, and I combine those two things and make one really messed up, weird-looking baby, people are going to buy that baby, and it's going to yeah. work out. Yeah, our, our baby is very, very twisted. Our baby's weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm kind of disappointed because I'm, t- I'm going to have to wait a really long time to read issue three, I think. And God, I'll <laughs> oh, say that. You guys left me on a, a pretty severe cliffhanger. In issue two. <laughs> well, we did that with issue one, too, you know, and it's, a, it's been not quite a year. Um, you guys well, you got in uh, October. I'll say that we just, what we did was um, we actually had Roy uh, redraw issue one because we wanted consistency. Um, and we knew that with what we were wanting to do, we needed it in color and we needed it consistent. So we just finished issue one. Um, I have issue one in my hot little hands. Uh, with Roy's redraw, now we just need to send it on to Raymond. Um, Raymond Lee is our colorist. Um, you may know that from X-Men, um, Avengers. Um, he's Will Sportatio's personal colorist. And Raymond is just insane what he does. I mean, what did you guys think of the coloring of the book? I mean, you're talking a vampire book at night. What did that look like for you? It looked awesome. Uh, I thought he did an amazing job adding so much depth to the swamp. Because a lot of times swamps are just kind of washed out, brown, black, a little bit of green here and there, but it's never like the focal point. But he really did a lot with green. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and oh, the work sorry. is so detailed. Yeah. So, uh, the work is so detailed that Ray, uh, that uh, Roy does. And then Raymond just loves doing his work. And, and that's the cool part is it really shows how much they both really love this book. And, and, and that's amazing to me. That's the coolest thing is to have two guys that are so incredible that are like, I mean, Raymond's like, please let me do this. Please let me do this. Please let me do this. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he literally sends us things going, I just couldn't get this out of my head, so here. I'm like, that's freaking cool. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. With regards to Ray, we woke up on New Year's Day. 
we each had an email waiting for us and it was this beautiful, beautiful painting. And the, the tagline was just, I just had to do this. And it was the, the Boggy Depot monster fighting Judd. And yeah, it, it'll be in the back of the book, but it is literally one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen as far as just somebody just straight up saying, I want to do this digitally and, and producing this digital painting. It's amazing. Yeah, it's the it's the cover page of my Facebook uh, profile. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. I love the book. I was just letting you guys talk. I really did. It's so fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm oh, like, kicking some Swamp Thing ass here. Come on. <laughs> Kick some ass. Nice. And I, I, I can't wait to see what the other character looks like. <laughs> like just was saying the cliffhanger or whatever. Uh, yeah, I can't wait that long, man. Come on. Oh, <laughs> oh going into mom's room. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, like, what other character is he talking about? Yeah. Going in the Ruth's room. Uh huh. Yeah. That, Oh God, I cannot wait for you guys to see that. <laughs> I mean, I seriously, Oh my God, I read it and I was drooling. I'm like, Oh my God, how badass he's going to be. <laughs> I can't wait to see this, but yeah, it's going to be so yeah. much fun for guys. Well, you know, and that's kind of the thing is when we were writing on, you know, one is you're establishing, you know, we're, we're establishing a little bit of the story, uh, you know, and two is the is the really good ramp up, you know, two is where we really um, start catching speed and you start really seeing what's what's what you're really looking at and kind of getting some perspective. And three is where we burn the house down. Um, yeah, basically. Yeah, three just three just goes insane. And, and you're just like, oh, wow. <laughs> When I read, you know, it's crazy. I, I look at it and I see how we wrote it. And if you've ever read a like a Warren Ellis book, you, they read super fast, but you get a lot of content. That's what this is. When you get to three, you're gonna be like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent on that. Because when I was reading the two, I was like, "Holy crap, I'm going a little too fast. Let me slow down. I want to I want to take in everything, every little picture, see what's actually going on." Because it is, I mean, it's it's capturing. And you're right, you can read through it pretty quickly. Uh, you mm-hmm. want to go back and read it again, just to make sure you didn't miss anything. And what I was going to say earlier, this this book is really, really, really good. I could actually see it as like a TV series, maybe some like Kirkman doing it or something like on AMC or maybe doing it on a Netflix type thing. I mean, it's that good. I mean, I feel it could actually be a TV show. Oh God, I would that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, man. That's you know yeah, we're hoping. You. Um, you know we we we're really kind of hoping that we we've heard that quite a bit, um, and and by a lot of industry people, which is really cool. You know, as far as the as far as the book itself, when you know when you're looking at it, that's the cool part is the way Roy drew it. You really want to look at each panel. I mean, you want to you want to really kind of drink in each panel and and see exactly what he put in there. And when you see the level of detail and the craziness that's in there, it's just like wow. Yeah, Roy's freaking uh, talented. He is seriously the most talented artist I have ever seen. I I'm, I mean, and I. I will say this in front of anybody. I don't care who you put in front of me. I will tell you right now that I have the best team in comics. There is nobody that, that, can, that can throw down against my guys and be better than them. I agree with that. Initially, we were going to ink issue, issue two. And I sat down and I started working with issue two and started trying to ink it. And one panel took me, I think I told Mike, it took me like eight hours to do one panel. Yeah. Because it, as intricate as Rudy's artwork was, Roy's is off the hook, man. It's just, it's so crazy intricate. And then I was looking at the pages for issue one, the redraws that we got in. And number one, my right hand is super happy that it's not inking this. And (laughs) yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then I'm looking at it further and he actually got more detailed in issue one. And he put more, you can see more of him getting more comfortable with the characters and getting more of a feel for it. 
and it's just it's beautiful. Issue two is gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. And issue one is just going to blow people's minds when they see it because there's just nothing that he can't do. We, I think that we've had to do very, very, very little editorial work, if any at all, with him because he's just the kind of artist you let run. And then you let Ray go, you know, he's just going to go run like crazy as well. You know, they just they know what they're doing, and it's beautiful. Well, I know Justin's already backed you. As soon as I get my stupid Kickstarter thing to work right, I'm about to back you. Because <laughs> I saw on the one where you back, you get a copy of the issue one again. And so I'm like, you know, <laughs> that's the one I'm yeah. going to pick right now. But I can't right get on. my stupid password, so I had to reset myself. So I'm waiting for the <laughs> password to come back. That's why I was quiet. I was listening to you and trying to get my stupid Kickstarter to work so I could say, hey, I just backed you guys. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, thank you, guys, man. We, yes. we really appreciate that. I mean, you know, this one, we have a higher goal than we had last time. Um, obviously, adding color and, and, and the level of talent that we really went with, um, you know, obviously this, this book costs some uh, pretty good money to produce, but, we, you know, it, it was well worth it for us. Yeah, it looks like it's worth it, for sure. I can't wait to read the or to see the new version of number one also. I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, I, I posted some uh, pictures on my Facebook and Instagram, and um, like one of my favorite ones is the, is the hunting scene, if you remember in issue one, where the the boys are out and hunting um, the deer, and they take down the deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, a, that was a really cool scene. I looked at it again the other day um, that Rudy did. I'm like, man, that's, that's still awesome. But then I looked at the one Ray did, and I'm like, it's a totally different view of it. It's completely different. Um, and it's just still, I, I, I was like, and it's, it's comparing apples and oranges because it's such a different way they approach the scene. But the way he did the scene is just off the hook. I was just blown away. I'm looking there's forward a, to checking it out. There's another page he did. It's the flashback page where they show the different sequences of, of time frames from, from Judd, how long he's been there. And again, the, the way that, that Roy approached it is just so different. And it, it makes the page look completely different. And it's, it, there's no such thing as a throwaway page. They're all important. But when you see this and you're looking at how it's done, it's like, wow, that just it adds a whole new element to it. Well, you know, we'll do whatever we can to promote the hell out of it for you. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll be retweeting you guys. And retweet Facebook, Facebook and Instagram, and you know we'll do it all as we can to help you. did it you. the first time. We'll do it again. <laughs> Thank right you, on, Right on. We appreciate it, guys. Well, I did want to briefly touch on your podcast, uh, Mike, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, sure. So why, why don't you tell you everybody, uh, you just recently started a show called The Bamcast with mm-hmm. you and two of your friends where you talk about comics and pop culture and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your show? Uh, yeah, so um, BAM, it stands for Brian Augustine, um, Amanda Michaels, and, and Michael Martin. Um, if you don't know who Brian Augustine is, he, is, um, he worked for um, DC for 20-some-odd um, 20, 20 years. Um, he, was, um, he wrote uh, the Batman story Gotham by Gaslight, um, the first Elseworlds. It's up there with The Killing Joke as the most popular DC book. You know, he uh, was the editor for The Flash for uh, a really long time, did the, did the Mark Wade run with The Flash. So he's got great um, insight into the, the business and, and has a tremendous amount of friends that he wants to lean on to, to bring in. So we should have some pretty cool guests to, to talk with us um, coming up. Uh, Amanda's a good friend of mine and then, you know, me. And we, we just basically talk about, you know, things we see in pop culture. Um, Brian really likes to approach, you know, some sort of social subject. Uh, so, you know, our first episode, we talked about um, the um, Raphael Albuquerque cover of Batgirl um, and uh, talked a little bit about um, Gamergate and the uh, and the trying to, um, you know, ostracize, um, you know, girls by some people. Um, and then on the second episode, we talked a little bit more about um, the Frank Cho piece and, and some uh, other items. And we really want to try and focus more on independent comics also. And 
um, highlight some people that we know um, that are doing tremendous work. So, um, you know, we, we kind of just kind of mix it up and have a varied, uh, varied kind of thing. But um, so far, it's been really, uh, really interesting. Yeah, I listened to the first episode. Uh, I'm going to check out the second one tomorrow. But all three of you are very eloquent speakers, and it's a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, so I'm giving it my stamp of approval. If all of, any of the comical listeners are looking for something else to check out, go listen to BAMcast because it's pretty good. What, I can't speak? I didn't say anything. <laughs> You're looking at me like, Spiel. I can't speak. What, what? <laughs> Since when has that ever stopped you from talking? <laughs> Never. <laughs> I just described yeah, I you guys. Y'all. I keep trying to stop Adam all the time, and he just keeps going. So. <laughs> I just located you on iTunes, and I just described. <laughs> oh, Giovanni's on iTunes? Right yeah. on. Yes, I did, and I just subscribed, so I'll be downloading the two episodes before I leave here this evening. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Look at that. Subscribe. Subscribing to your podcast, donating to the Kickstarter. You guys love me. You really, really love me. <laughs> I'll give you my kidney. <laughs> I don't know if you want hey, it. Hey, remember, man, I'm only operating on part of one. I might need that one of these days. <laughs> I take that back. Justin, why are you offering up kidneys? <laughs> hey, man, I'm taking anybody up. I only have part of a kidney left. I, I'm looking for anybody who's ready to have a Franken-kidney. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know, man. Mixing up me and Miguel, that might be a little messed up. That might be pretty freaking awesome. It could be. All kinds of awesome. I would tell you one thing. With a new kidney from you, I would say without a doubt that I would wake up in the morning and piss excellence. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> See, these guys rock, man. I know you got a bunch of, bunch of great stories to tell us, so how about you tell me a funny story? You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> This is a story from back when I was 16 years old. Uh, I went to the dentist with my mom. 40 years ago. 40 years ago. No, not quite. <laughs> it was about 15 years ago. But uh, I had to get my wisdom teeth taken out. I had three wisdom teeth growing in. And they were growing in at a really bad angle. And it was extremely painful. They were jamming into my other teeth. So I had to have oral surgery to have them removed. So my mom took me to the dentist. And you know, I had been taking vitamin or vitamin. I've been taking Vicodin mm-hmm. <laughs> to repair for the, you still taking it. No. Vitamins, Vicodin, <laughs> Thank you. Like the, I feel like Barry on American dad. Yeah. My vitamin. No. <laughs> <laughs> I took Vicodin before I went to uh, do the surgery and I went in and I was kind of loopy or whatever, but then they actually put me under, they gave me the gas and they did the surgery and midway through, I, I give you the gas every day. I know you do. You <laughs> bastard. <laughs> midway through, I woke up and I had to go to the bathroom. So, I was all loopy and, and not in very good control of my body or whatever. So my mom oh God. put me over her shoulder and, and dragged me to the bathroom. And I went in and she closed the door and just kind of stood there and, and you know asked me if I was okay or whatever. And I finished, washed my hands, came uh-huh. out. <laughs> what? She was in there with you? No, she was outside the door. Okay, you didn't say that. <laughs> I thought she went in there with you. No. Okay, go ahead. So I come out. Do you and... want me to wipe your bottom? <laughs> <laughs> this is almost that bad. So I, I was loopy. And I walked out, and I hugged my mom, and I, I said, I love you. She said, I love you, too. And I was like, can I have my blankie? She goes, what? <laughs> I want my blankie. It's cold in here. <laughs> and all of the nursing, all of the doctors and dentists and whatever were standing around, and they all heard me say that, and they all laughed at me. And that's the only thing I remember about that surgery, was everybody laughing at me because I asked for my blankie. And then when I, I, I had to go back in for one more checkup, mm-hmm. they were all like, oh, do you want a blankie? They were all making fun of me. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go somewhere dark with this. I thought you were going to tell me like your, your appendage was hanging out or something. <laughs> it's cold. Well, stick it back in, man. It wasn't, it wasn't very dark, but I got made fun of for asking for my blankie because I was all hopped up on drugs. <laughs> you and that's wimp. my funny story. You wimp. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not going to tell a funny story. I don't have it. <laughs> I did mine last week. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about time you hopped up on drugs. Oh, whoa. Aside, aside from oh, today. I, I think that's actually my cue. <laughs> you got one for us today, Mike? Uh, yeah, no, I'll, so it's kind of a little bit of a parable also. So life lessons to learn, kids. We're going to pull up next to the Pull your Here we go. up post. So part of the fun part about being a creator and part of the hard part about being a creator is putting yourself out there, right? Um, you know, promotion and trying to get people to look at your book and trying to get people to go to your web page or support a Kickstarter and stuff. That's hard stuff. It's, it's not easy. And, um, you know, everybody that's on my Facebook and all the other feeds at this time of year when we do a Kickstarter, like, please, God, never let me hear from this dude again. Um, they put me on mute for about a month and then come back. Um, but, you know, in efforts to try and promote the stuff, um, you know, we, we put some pages out there. So I went on a, a Facebook Comic-Con page and uh, posted up some pages from Blood and Dust. You know, put them up there and say, hey, everybody, you know, have a look. Um, you know, we got a Kickstarter going on. You know, links down in the comments. Um, you know, <laughs> and so I got my very first troll. Uh, and it was so exciting for me because I think that that's your first mark of success in the business is not how many people tell you they like your stuff. It's the, the people that will go out of the way to put you down. Um, and so I, I felt very honored at this point because um, the little dude in little comments pops up and says, um, this is a straight up rip off of Swamp Thing, cease and desist. <clears throat> Which I'm like, wow, legal order, right? In the comments of Facebook. Holy crap, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so, so I'm like, uh, okay. Um, and, and Adam pops on and this is the funny part, you know, Adam and I approach things a little differently. You know, he's, he's very, Hey, let me engage you. Let me, I, I know that I'm not going to feed the troll. So Adam pops on and, and says, Oh no, it's actually about this and whatever. And I, I send Adam a text. I'm like, don't feed the troll. Just leave him alone. But then another uh, friend of mine, Nathan Slack, who is, um, a creator out of England he does a book called, um, instruments of darkness. Um, which is also uh, a historical vampire book. And so Nathan pops on and says, no, it's, it's really not like that. It's really a vampire story. Um, it's got a really different twist, so I think it's really pretty cool. So, you know, I don't think you should judge it just by, you know, there's a big swampy monster in there. Um, and, and whereupon the little dude pipes back which, with the hilarious response of, um, I'm going to notify DC you know, you can't do this. And then another response directly underneath that one that said, eat shit. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I'm just like, well, eloquent yet succinctly to the point. <laughs> so l this little dude certainly, certainly has his grammatical flow in order. Uh, but I I'm laughing. But then upon um, Nathan responds back, which cracked me up because Nathan, Nathan responds back with what the only thing you could possibly say, no, you eat shit. <laughs> so for me the first trolling experience and watching people interact and, and argue over our story and, and our book and our characters was, was something that was was pretty epic and pretty funny to me and, and i enjoyed quite a bit that's awesome we don't have any trolls yet we got somebody gave us a one star Still trying to find out who the hell that guy is. Kick his ass. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, though, man. I mean, wouldn't you say that if someone took the time out to say these two jackasses should have their microphones taken away and never allowed to speak to the public again, wouldn't you take that more as a, a badge of honor than, a, oh, no, I, got, I should stop podcasting? <laughs> that's right. I'm bringing it on. Come on. Join the show. Come on. I yeah. got something for you. <laughs> totally. Totally. It's like, well, well, fuck, homie. If you want to bring it, bring it. Let's do this. <laughs> well, there was also that guy at, at, uh, at Amazing. Remember, he walked – or no, it was Tucson. He walked up to her table, and, and the first thing he said, nothing positive. He just had this ugly look on his face, and he goes, oh, so you're doing a Wolverine knockoff. 
And yeah. it's like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> you yeah. even look at at least they got the balls to actually look at you and say it, man. I'll give them respect because yeah. at least you're well, looking at me. I'm just going to smile at you and go, you know what? That, you know what? You are a very astute gentleman. Why don't you show me what you've created? He probably prefers yeah, his exactly. vampires to sparkle, you know? Right. Why do you keep right. bringing that up? <laughs> oh, why do you see some of the prints that we're having uh, Raymond do for that? That's actually going to be a lot of fun. We are incorporating some Twilight into our stuff. <laughs> now, now Miguel's really on board. Oh, come on now. <laughs> oh, no. You're, you'll dig these, boys. These are going to be fun. <laughs> well, Mike, we had one other troll, remember? We had that lady that walked up to us in Tucson, and she walked up, and she started looking at her book, and we were like, okay, cool. She's interested. And then she starts just railing against it and how the violence and the gore and the language. I'm like, okay, you're, you're at a Comic-Con, man. You're, you're not, this isn't Disneyland. And then she looks at the back and she goes, oh, what's this? A kid's book. Because we had the Nightlight preview on the back of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I explained the concept of Nightlight to her. You know, it's a really sweet little kid's book where, you know, in order to empower his daughter to not be afraid of monsters anymore, he makes her into a superhero, which is beautiful. And she goes, oh, so what? Now you're going to go ahead and feed the fact that monsters are real. I was like, yeah. are you kidding me with this shit? I'm like, bitch, if monsters are real. You're speaking to one. <laughs> Go away. Go to another table. Just get away from us. She's probably the I same can woman. handle criticism, too. It's just like, really, lady? She's probably the same lady complaining about the Batgirl cover. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of those kind of people. Oh, yeah. yep. Jesus. Should have hit her with the book. <laughs> Take I this for free. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, here. See, they're bringing but, the slap back, see? And there's something <laughs> well, you know, in there, you're like, what the hell was, the, what just happened? Well, that's funny, though, man, because you know what, and this is the, this is the funny part, because Adam and I are, are a little different on a couple of things. You know, Adam, Adam is, uh, you know, he would be just beside himself if you said, Adam, we want you to draw a tights book. He'd be like, hell yeah, let's do that. Done. Uh, you know, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Um, you know, so, I mean, you know, we have different approaches and stuff, and this is where it's hard for him, because... I'm totally cool with you being offended and freaked out by my book. In fact, I encourage the fuck out of it um, because you should look at what I'm doing and know that that is not for your kids and this is not normal, you know, and that's, I'm totally own that. And so for oh, some of this, this lady to do that, I'm like, hell yeah, thank you. With me, I, I couldn't care less. And, and, and this is what I'm doing. I'm very proud of this work. But that has happened to me before, too. I did a. I did a book in the late 90s called The Zodiac. It was a creator-owned book with, for another company. And um, I had a book signing. And we were selling, if you all remember the ash can craze of the 90s, mm-hmm. we were selling like little ash cans of the book for like a buck, some, some absurd small amount of money. And um, these kids walked up, and I told the publisher, I was like, hey, man, you might want to watch what they're buying. And he's like, well, if, they're gonna, if they have the money, and I'm going to sell it to them. I was like, okay, mine you might. My book has pretty – I was uh, heavily influenced by Garth Ennis at that point and, and Preacher. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot – there were a lot of F-bombs that were flying around my book and nudity and all kinds of stuff. It was really you know, family-friendly. Yeah. And, yeah, some, some kid bought my book. I think he was like 11 years old. And his mom walks back up because I had my little placard up with my name. And she goes, did you write this? And she throws my book on the table. I said, yeah. I said, I wrote it and I signed it. And she's like – my son just bought this book, and she got pissed. And she was really just freaking out. And I said, were you here with him when he bought it? And she goes, no. I said, so let me get this straight. Your fucking kid walked up to my ba- my table, paid a dollar for my book. You were nowhere to be found. And now you're upset because your kid was doing things that you don't like, and you weren't there. Do, do I have this right? 
And I got a dollar from our little thing, and I threw it on the table, and I said, you're not allowed to buy my book. You can leave now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and she turned around. I think I was, I was maybe about 20 or 21, and she looked. She had this horrified look. I said, you can leave. I'm not selling you my book. And your son, you should do a better job of parenting because obviously you don't know what he's into. That might lead to future problems. <laughs> and she was pissed, but she left. Professor Adam teaching parenting 101. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that was a pretty good moment. Yeah, we here at Comical Podcast don't give a damn what people think. <laughs> nope. We do. But I'll tell you what, we'll I give do them. want to draw a tights book. I want to write a Batman book. I would love to write Batman or, or any one of those, sure. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, I let my kids read pretty much anything. I mean, I, the world the way it is now. Uh, I never sheltered my daughter or my oldest boy, and I'm not sheltering the two that I have now. Uh, I feel it's better. They talk to me about everything, too, now. I mean, they, they, mm-hmm. all my kids talk to me. So I don't have a problem with them reading comics. Matter of fact, the boys love to read comics, and they read some Violet comics, and they, I took my daughter to see some Violet movies as a young girl. But she's fine. Yeah, I don't have a problem with anything my cats watch on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Your cats are violent, man. They just scratched my boy. <laughs> he probably started it. <laughs> They're rumbling in the living room. <laughs> no, I don't have any kids, so I can't speak to that. But I do, I do kind of like the uh, don't give a fuck attitude because I, I've never really cared what people think about me. I do what I want to do, do the best that I can. And if I'm happy with it, that's all that really matters. And I wish more people would take that approach with life. Well, like I said, that's it. Keep a close relationship with my kids. They tell me everything. I mean, they know I'm dad. I'm not their best friend, but they can talk to me. We hang out and we enjoy ourselves. I mean, it's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. I mean, they're here. Yeah. They like listening to us, believe it or not. <laughs> well, somebody's got to, right? I know, right? Yeah, we get that one download every day, <laughs> every month. Yay, <laughs> <Hey>, my family. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're waiting so they can be our first troll. <laughs> well, just encourage him. I was like, you need to talk more shit to me. You know that, right? <laughs> I'll feel more loved if you talk shit to me and talk about how bad I am. Well, I try to encourage you can them. Use them. To, they I try could to be, we could be their practice dummy, so you can hear a troll on them for a little while and then you know, move on to us. <laughs> well, yeah, they think Justin's the coolest thing in the world. I'm, you know, I'm nothing compared to him. <laughs> Smart kids. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked earlier a little bit about uh, all new X-Men. And we talked a little bit about uh, dealing with controversial issues, issues in comics. So today, All-New X-Men number 40 came out, and uh, Brian Michael Bendis decided to change an original X-Men in a very uh, drastic way, and that was by making Bobby Drake into a gay guy. And apparently Bobby, as a kid, as the young X-Man, is gay, but Bobby as an adult is not. And there's definitely some controversy. People are upset about it. Some people are very... Upset about the way it happened in particular because he didn't out himself. Jean Grey read his mind and then said, hey, Bobby, why are you gay? <laughs> she didn't say it like that. <laughs> why not? <laughs> Have you seen the ass on that dude over there in the leather pants? I'm around <laughs> these guys all freaking day. He's like, Angel's kind of hot. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he's, like, he's too Have pretty to be gay. Have you seen Logan's bulge? Oh. Seriously. <laughs> Nobody has a lot of hair. <laughs> how, do you guys, how do you guys feel about them making major changes to characters that are that old? You know, they're going to do that, man. I mean, that's that's the thing. Just put it on the list. You know, female Thor, um, yeah, Spider-Gwen. Um, it, it's just another another thing, um, you know, making Nick Fury black. Um, it, it's it's them trying to diversify and change things up. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's just it's just business as normal. That's, you know, Brian and I talked about on our podcast. These things happen they they have to do they're trying to have more you know inclusion and and show diversity in comics you know remember you know dc and marvel is really warner brothers and and disney 
and you don't see a lot of new stuff. They don't add a lot of characters. Um, the ones that they do add, you know, take a lot of build. So, you know, they take an established one, and now he's gay. Okay. How much is that going to affect the storyline? I would say little to none. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these are corporate characters owned by corporations that, that are trying to show inclusion and diversity. Welcome, welcome to what we're doing now. <laughs> if you come no. on issue five, George's really gay. I'm, I'm, I'm hunting you down. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 with good reason. You know, actually, he's just going to start sparkling. He's going to be like, <laughs> like, son of a bitch. <laughs> there was a lot of sand on me before. You couldn't he looks see like the sparkles. A disco ball. That's it. He's going to be gay disco ball vampire. <laughs> Is, is what's going to be happen. awesome. We need to write that. Just one. I'm actually tempted like, to have it drawn just because. Judge <laughs> Glennie fever dream. <laughs> Saturday night fever dream. They, oh! <laughs> is, and you know, here's the funny part. This is how the comic gets written. Sit around this bullshitting. Is <laughs> yeah, this is it. We sit around and then one of us says, oh, write it down, write it down. And the next thing you know, an issue's done. It's called brainstorming, sir. Not bullshitting. <laughs> not the way you do it. <laughs> the way you and I do it is bullshitting. Them is brainstorming. Fair enough. Fair enough. These are legitimate guys. We're not legitimate yet. <laughs> you know, with that Bobby Drake thing, Bendis actually slipped it into the script, and he got a call back from Axel Alonso, the editor, and is like, "What the hell?" Like he literally just slipped it in. He didn't. There wasn't any kind of press release about it. There wasn't any kind of, "Hey, I'm going to do this." He wrote it in and just sent it off. And if you know him, that's pretty much probably was one of the funniest things to him that he's ever done was just, oh, I'm going to make Iceman gay right now. Watch. Write it in. Send it off. Didn't tell anyone. It definitely seems like his style. That's pretty damn Mm -hmm. cool, actually. (laughs) Alonzo did an interview with, I don't know who it was. I think it was his CBR or somebody. And he's like, yeah, he goes, Bendis just submitted his script. And uh, he just slipped in there that uh, Iceman's gay. And he points out like a. Because Iceman's doing the usual macho thing. It's like, you know, oh, look at that ass and doing all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, Marvel Girl's like, why are you doing that? And he's like, what do you mean? He goes, she's like, you're gay. And he freaks out. He's like, shh, quiet. And he's freaking out about it. But the reality is, is that that's how she outed him. And she's like, how, he's like, how do you know? And she's like, I'm a telepath, dude. And your mind is screaming it right now. So that's it's pretty much how it went down. Real. It's probably just a take on, you know, uh, if, if thou dost protest too much. And so exactly, yes. just comment on, you know, for anybody that's making that much noise, they probably want to suckle some balls. Nice. Mm-hmm. Just like I know Miguel loves it when people sit next to him in the bathroom. Oh, what the hell? You complain about it so much. <laughs> what about when they tap on your, uh, when they tap on your foot say. and the stall? Oh, well, do if they, you haven't heard. foot underneath and do the taps. Oh, like nice. Senator. <laughs> Well, if you haven't heard yeah. in a while, Justin actually has someone that actually looks at him when he's in there. Oh, it's creepy. <laughs> he's got a look. Nice. That's creepy. What now? Nice. This is the guy at work that used to follow me into the bathroom all the time, and he would, I would go on one stall, and he would go in the stall immediately next to me and then look over at me. He's really tall. He's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I, I would be sitting there, and I would look up and see eyes looking down. <laughs> what the hell? I know. Now, does he look at you, or does he look down? Now he's looking at me like he he met my gaze a couple of times and I was like what See, the fuck weirder. dude I would rather you look at my cock than look me in the eyes quite honestly I would be more comfortable you checking out my junk than just staring into my eyes lovingly It's so fucking oh. weird it's so How's weird. your stream <laughs> <laughs> Everything coming be- out all right there stud I don't know bro I don't know that I'd be okay with that especially you're, you're, I mean that you're like at your most vulnerable. You're pushing something out, 
and you look up and somebody's just, well, dude, hopefully nobody's looking in your eyes when you're doing a dump. That's a whole different. That's issue. what he was doing. He just said that, man. But it's not Seriously, even, it's not Justin, even, are you sitting on the can and oh, somebody's yeah. looking at you in the yeah. eyes on the can? Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. That's what he just said. How does he do that? He's really he's tall. <laughs> and the, uh, the stalls are kind of like shoulder height. No. They're, they're not like as tall as they should be. Obviously. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I was went a whole different way with no, that. No, no, that's he's a, not a peaker, dude. You're, you're that's thinking a of a peaker. <laughs> yeah, no. I came dude. in there. I came in there one time, and he was already in there doing it to somebody else because he was like in the far stall against the wall. And I came Ooh. in, and he was looking over at somebody else, and his eyes looked up and saw me when I came in, and I just turned around and walked out. I'd have <laughs> yelled at him. I'd have ordered <laughs> him right there. What the hell is wrong with you, man? I told you, man. Fuckers would have died. Up. <laughs> uh, that's messed up. I don't care if you look at my cock. Look at my cock. I'm peeing. It's a warrior's <laughs> cock. Gaze upon it and go, oh. But don't look at me when I'm pinching a loaf, man. That's no man shall oh. look upon this. So don't. That's Justin, weird. That's weird. You know what you could have done, Justin? Is you could have accused him of cheating on you. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I thought we had something going on here. And now I see you get stared at another dude. Really? Oh, what the hell? And just make a big old fit about it Seriously? and just stomp out? He hasn't done it for a few weeks. It's been really nice. I haven't been. You just go stare over at his cube. <laughs> I'm just looking at you while you do your business. Oh, he does come over. <laughs> does come over and look at him when, <laughs> during the day too and talk to him. <laughs> no, he hasn't come over. He hasn't done it in a while. That's right. Yeah, sorry, because you. Uh, yeah, yeah he hasn't, he hasn't talked to me in almost two months. It's been Ooh. great. They need to go back and listen to my my rules of bathroom etiquette. <laughs> how do you, you can't? How do you engage somebody like that though, man? I mean, he talks to you after he did what he did. Uh, you no, you engage them by by doing monkey school, no. man. I just reach back, grab some poo, and fling. See, that was one of my things. I, I said, throw some poo, poo at you, baby. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Well, and oh, here's yeah. the thing, though. What's he going to do? How's he going to get out of it? He can't sit there and say, "Well, Mike threw poo at my head." It's like, well, what was your head doing where you could throw poo at? How the it? hell are you somewhere in the vicinity of Mike to throw poo? Right. At you? <laughs> exactly. And then he's got to say, well, I like to look over the wall and look at dudes taking dumps. <laughs> and then he's like, well, now you have poo on I your head. I poo at you, too. Yeah. There's a reason you have shit off on your, sh- on your chin. It's plain and simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we contributed to the internet today, Mike. Oh, this is great stuff. <laughs> this is great stuff. What do you want to oh, talk maybe, about first, maybe. man? Do you want to do comics, movies, or TV news? Ah, right, let's do comics. Why not? Comics. Okay, so... Uh, Greg Rucka has been officially announced as the writer of the Star Wars Shattered Empire series, the book that's going to bridge Return of the Jedi and uh, Force Awakens. Okay. I don't know this Rucka guy. You don't know Greg Rucka? No. He writes uh, Lazarus and a whole bunch of other... He's done stuff for Marvel and DC. He's been around for a long time. Is he friends with me on Facebook? I don't know. I don't keep track of who's friends with on Facebook. <laughs> is, that the, is that like the barometer for whether you know him or not? <laughs> I mean, Miguel's very, uh, it's very important to Miguel that people are friends with him on Facebook and Twitter. That's right. <laughs> kind of me too, honestly. Uh, and Marco Cicchetto is going to be doing the artwork. I know that name. Yeah, he does Avengers World. He's fucking awesome. So yeah. looking forward to that. This is cool because I don't know much of what goes on between from Return of Jedi to where they're starting off now. Nobody does. It's all the old continuity has been scrapped. So this is, this is the first bit of new story we're going to get for the Star Wars universe going forward. So That's freaking sweet. I can't wait. Pretty excited for it. Uh, DC is apparently releasing a new line of superhero toys geared directly towards girls. They're trying to get more young girls interested in superheroes. They're making like dolls instead of action figures for, based on all of their properties. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it's not just that. <laughs> they're going to be aimed at ages 6 to 12, and it's supposed to happen in fall of this year. So yeah, Batman is a doll? 
Yeah, it'll be like a Batman doll, Batgirl doll, uh, Harley, Joker. Well, you know, I'll pick up the Harley. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> well, it's it's actually all geared at girls, so it's actually all girl heroes and villains, all um, at the age of going through puberty. They're going to have the the comics and everything about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually really interesting because I first I was like, well, this is kind of lame because comics have always been for girls. Um, but this is. Are you weird. kidding me? Well, you know, not really, but you know what I'm saying. It's it's we're, we we're trying to give the image that it, it's. These things are, are everybody can do it, but these are specifically designed for girls um, oh, yeah. you know, that are coming of age and everything, and they're coming of age stories. So I thought that was actually really cool about them. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, if you look at how much hate female, just women in general have gotten, especially fangirls in comics, it's just like God. It, it's do you want this to be a sausage fest for the rest of time? Yeah. Come on, man. No, I think it's a great way to get get more uh, female readers in at an early age. So. And I have a daughter. It's awesome. And, and like, this Action Lab has a book out called Princeless, and she digs it. And it's like, all right, thank you. Something, you know, the, the tagline is Princeless, save yourself. And it's like, okay, something I can give to my kid and be like, look, she doesn't have to be saved every bloody time. Yeah. Wasn't DC already doing this crap with Batgirl, making her, like, all fan-friendly and all wussy soft? Well, I mean, they're no, definitely no, making no. more books geared towards younger audiences. I mean, Batgirl's definitely geared towards the younger audience. Miss Marvel's definitely geared towards the younger audience. But this is something completely different. This is an entirely new line for DC yeah. directed at young girls to try to get them into comic books and into superheroes and mm-hmm. hopefully get them reading. Because, I mean, despite all of the, the boys' club mentality that's existed forever, like the more important thing, I think, is that kids read. Yes. Because kids, exactly. don't, kids don't read these days at all. And if we can get them in the door with comics, then we'll... You know, the next generation after the one we have now might actually be somewhat intelligent. <laughs> next time we have this conversation, let's bring my wife on here. She's a school teacher. She'll tell you how much they don't read. Yeah, no, yeah, no, right. we don't need it. So, and the real they, they check me out. I know how nobody reads. They check me out at Walmart. <laughs> I, I've got a daughter. I want her to have these books. And the reality is, I love what DC's done with Batgirl because if you create a product, you're marketing a product specifically that my kid's going to fall into. No, it's not the traditional Batgirl. No, it's not the the kick-ass Cassandra Cain, you know, League of Assassins can't talk Batgirl. Mm-hmm. But, hey, man, if it's something she can identify with and fall into, and it's something some other new reader can fall into and fall in love with, and if it keeps our medium a lot, our slowly dying medium, it seems like sometimes, fuck it, go for it. Bring that next generation in, and if this is what it takes, if it takes this, this, this female-friendly Batgirl, which I think is great, because here's the reality of it. We're a print medium. And has anybody seen what's happening with newspapers? They're yeah. not doing too well. And how long until magazines and comics and stuff like that goes the way of the, of the dodo? I mean, it'll, they it'll, have that. that um, it'll go out when yeah. I die because I think I'm single-handedly keeping it alive. <laughs> well, you guys buy a lot of books. <laughs> but you know what? There, let's face reality, though, guys. There aren't any Rob Liefeld and Todd McFarlane-sized sales going on where, you know, oh, guess what? I just bought a house in, in uh, La Jolla based on my selling young blood number one and making all that money. That stuff doesn't exist anymore. This medium is, it's a slowly dying medium. It's so much fun. And, and there's, it's going to evolve somehow. I don't know how I'm not a futurist, but the reality is it's going to evolve. But if you need something like Batgirl out there to keep that going, keep that new generation, that new blood coming in great. Because the reality is that for the longest time, this medium has been written solely for 30 year old men. And now those 30 year old men are 40 or 50 year old men. And, they're not willing to spend the money the way they used to. Yeah. I don't like to spend the money. I'm not even that old. 
But, you know, Dude, I, and I'm poor. So I'm <laughs> well, I got my boys into it, so they love comics. My daughter's a little different animal. She likes reading the violent stuff. <laughs> she likes the nail biters. There you and, go. And the Batman, you know, the Joker story and all that stuff. You know, hey. No, but I, I agree with you. I'm interested to see what DC does. I'll, I'll probably pick one up. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Look look at what it's doing, though. Think about it. If it keeps this industry alive a little bit longer, and if it, if it brings new blood in, that's also going to bring in new creativity. It's going to bring in new stuff. And the next thing you know, hey, you might have another Gail Simone running out there. You might have another a bunch of awesome female artists and what's her name, the, who did Why the Last Man, Pia, whose last name escapes me. You know, this is, I think it's it's actually really important that they have this thing to hold on to and to latch on to. I gave DC a lot of... Ooh. Hello? <laughs> what was that? My phone went off. <laughs> Someone's going down. <laughs> Low battery. 250 Low clear. Battery. <laughs> well, moving on, uh... There's one piece of news in here just for you. Harley is getting a new costume in July. Again? Again. <laughs> it's like a, a halter top Superman kind of shirt looking thing with uh, cut off jeans. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't so, know if I'm going to like that. Yeah, it's red and black. It's back to your old color scheme, but it looks kind of kind of weird, kind of trashy. Nice. <laughs> Terrible. But and So there'll be like 8,000 variants when it comes out. Probably so. I'll have to buy them all. I know what a fan of Harley you are, so I thought I should mention that at least. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to like that. No, we'll see. I'll, I'll wait till it comes out. What do you want to go on to next, movies or TV? I want some movies. A lot of movie stuff. All uh, right. The Fantastic Four trailer debuted last week. Serious Four. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> apparently, I was wrong about Johnny Storm. He is going full flame one. The, the first image only showed his Hello. arm. <laughs> the first image only showed his, like, exposed body parts going flame style. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it did not look like the rubber suit actually caught fire, but in the new trailer, you can see that that's not true. His whole body catches fire. So Johnny Storm works the way he's supposed to. Uh, the thing, you got to see your first look at him moving around, doing stuff. He's massive. And you can see the first look at Dr. Doom, which is kind of cool. Nice. The blogger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'll see it. You know I'll see it. I'll see it. I've probably not seen it opening night, but I'll see it. Well, the kid playing Johnny Storm, I've watched him in some other shows before, and I, I kind of like him, so, you know, uh, it's okay. We'll see. Also, the uh, Batman vs. Superman trailer came out, uh-huh. which we watched right before we came on. Mm-hmm. What did you think about it? Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. I've been giving DC a lot of crap the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Yeah, I've been like, who gives a damn? This movie will be out 2013, 2045. Who knows? 2013 <laughs> two we, years ago. we're going that far back. That's how messed up it is. <laughs> we're going around. We done went around and came back. <laughs> Oh, we lost Adam. Yeah, his battery died. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> That's all right. I'll take it from here. Okay. <laughs> well, like I said, I feel like this movie's going to be out like at 2045. You know, I'm like, who gives a damn anymore? I'm already bored, tired, and done with it. But after seeing the trailer, I don't know. I'm kind of interested. And you made a, a damn good comment. It feels like injustice. It definitely has some injustice elements to it. And it's got a lot of Dark Knight Returns elements, obviously. Uh, but it, people are so upset about it because it's all dark and gritty. And that's not how they want to perceive Superman. You know, they want Superman to be the Boy Scout, and they want it to be a light, more upbeat kind of story for Superman. But he just freaking killed Zod last movie. <laughs> but something that I'm looking at, and I'm thinking it might be like an alternate world kind of thing. It doesn't have to be true to who Superman's always been in the comics, because there's so many versions of Superman in alternate realities that are just as messed up as anybody else. Can we tell me Al Man's going to break out of here somewhere? You know, nothing's impossible. Oh, uh, awesome. Henry, Henry Cavill did come out and do an interview recently and said that uh, Batman vs. Superman is not supposed to be a Man of Steel sequel. It's truly a Batman movie that Superman just happens to be in. Okay. 
So I think that's kind of an interesting way to look at it. That explains the darkness and the grimness to it. And so many people are just so up in arms about it. I don't know. We'll see how Batflack does. Yeah. The suit looks kind of cool. I thought it looked kind of cool, yeah. I wasn't excited. I got you know really down about it with all the stuff they've been talking about, all the changes and this kind of crap. But after seeing that, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of back in it again. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm excited to see it. Speaking of Batman, okay. uh, Lego Batman now has an official release date. Sweet! February 10th, 2017. Nice. So that'll be fun, probably. <laughs> Lego Batman. Did you First see the, try. Did you see the Lego movie, Mike? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Lego Batman was pretty awesome, right? <laughs> Lego Batman was pretty awesome. Quite honestly, though, my favorite was Lego Lando Calrissian. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, sweet ladies? <laughs> There's so like, many hell things yeah, movie. you smooth Mac Colt 45 drinking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, yeah I, I enjoy the Lego movie. For me, it was all about Batman. He stole the show. Like, through all the battle ranks. First try. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, uh, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Will Arnett voicing him is actually really funny. Yeah, I like he's Will about as perfect as I can be. See, I'm stoked for Lego Batman. <laughs> you're like this next bit of news too. Okay, uh, Common, who you're a big fan of because of Hell on Wheels, Mr. Ferguson, has been cast in a mystery role in the Suicide Squad movie. Oh, nice. Uh, people are speculating it's going to be John Stewart or Bronze Tiger. <sighs> I think I like him more as Bronze Tiger. Yeah, I see Bronze Tiger on that one. I want Tyrese for John Stewart. Why? Because <laughs> it's Roman bitches. Tyrese is horrible. Idris Elba for John Stewart. Man. Have you not seen the Furious Seven? <laughs> Come yeah, on, I saw it. Honestly, you give Idris Elba anything, dude. I never want to see that dude working anything that's not some bullshit serious movie again. He doesn't get to go play in fun movies because he hates it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's bitching about playing. Um, uh, what's his face in Thor? Um, oh, I'm yeah. Hemdall, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, bitching about that. Oh, you know, I, I, was, I was playing Nelson Mandela last week, and now I'm putting on this ridiculous outfit and standing here. What am I doing? Nothing. You're fired, dick. No you know more what? fun movies for you. You changed my mind, Mike. I don't want Idris Elba for John yeah, Stewart. that dude, That's man. true. That's true. His attitude does yeah. suck. But I don't want Tyrese either. Tyrese that's, is terrible. That's terrible. Like, you it's... fucking play pretend for a living, motherfucker. <laughs> if you want to bitch about your job and what you do, then go play boring-ass bullshit. Hey, Mandela's a great dude. You're not. You just play like him, dick. <laughs> Wait, you want Morgan Freeman as John cool Stewart? Ass helmet and a sword. I'll show up every goddamn day to work. You know what I do for a living, dick? I oh, I'm sorry, rant over. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who I'd cast as John Stewart, uh, but it wouldn't be Tyrese. Tyrese okay. is horrible. <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree that too. That's not okay. And then the last part of movie news is uh, Marvel has officially announced Nicole Perlman and Meg LaFave are going to be the writers of the Captain Marvel movie. Huh? They were in consideration before, but now it's an official thing. So Captain Marvel. That's kind of cool. I'm really excited for the Captain Marvel movie. Who's Captain Marvel? We don't know yet. We'll find out. I'm sure. Probably Kaylee Coco or something like that. <laughs> that would be an odd choice. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'll be a chick that was dating uh, George Clooney before uh, before he got married. What's her name? Uh, the wrestler. Uh, Stacy Keebler. Yeah, Stacy Keebler. Only if they're casting just say solely on ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to look good, right? <laughs> it's like the whole movie is just following her ass around. <laughs> well, you know, wrestlers can act. They do it for a living. Some of them. Some of them. She's not one. I'm a big wrestling fan. I'll let you know she's okay. She's not okay. <laughs> Hot as hell. Not a good actor. <laughs> That's it for movies. And there's only a couple things for TV. We talked about Preacher for a minute earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dominic Cooper, who played Howard Stark in the Agent Carter miniseries, is going to be playing Jesse Custer 
and Preacher. Okay. So kind of an interesting choice. He's uh, not bad, though. Did you see Need for Speed? No, I didn't see Need for Speed. No. He's okay. I mean, I don't have a problem. He's pretty decent, I think. He was decent as Howard Stark. Yeah. Uh, but Jesse Custer's a whole different animal. Well, you know, you never I don't, I don't really know how strong of an actor he is if he can pull that off. Well, you know, you talk about Jonah Hill the other day. I mean. That's true. People can't surprise you. James Franco, you know, he, he pulled one over on you. He didn't think he was capable of acting. He, I said he's hit or miss. I didn't say he was capable of acting. <laughs> he's done some stinkers. <laughs> and then you got McConaughey. I mean, come on, and Lincoln commercials are off the chain. Yeah, he's just awful. <laughs> McConaughey's the worst. I know that. Come on, All man. All right. They gave me a Lincoln. All right. <laughs> Terrible, like I said. Hey, Come Lincoln, on. y'all got a joint in this car? Cooler <laughs> <laughs> if you did. <laughs> <laughs> and then the very last piece of TV news, which should come as no surprise to anybody, Daredevil was renewed for season two. That's a... Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to eat some crow here. Season one was good. I enjoyed it. I really did. Uh, Good. Better than I, thought. I, I had to drag that out of him last he thought, episode. <laughs> he, well, I had a problem. I didn't think it, we were comparing it to other TV shows, but we broke it down via Netflix shows and everything else. And I have to admit, it's probably the best Netflix show I've ever seen. I thought the Kingpin stole the show. Uh, and I thought the guy to play Daredevil was a good choice. So I, I, the, I thought the fight scenes were like the greatest thing of the show because they were so amazing. And then yeah. the one scene we talk about all the time is him fighting in the hallway. It was just totally awesome. Yeah. It was like so realistic. So well, I, that was the uncut one. That was the one where it was just one long ass fight scene, no cuts, no edits. That was one long ass fight scene. And what I loved is you could see him getting tired. Yeah. When when have you ever seen a superhero movie or a comic book movie where the the hero got tired and was like, "I'm barely going to make it through this fight"? No, it was perfect. I loved it. Yeah, that was that was badass. Yeah, and I like the transition of the kingpin from where you know how he was and what he became at the end. And no, oh, uh, he's bitching. I that dude's one hell of an actor. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Looking forward to that. And that's all the news for the week. I do have to tell everybody that we have some giveaways coming up. All right. Uh, Comic Palooza in Houston is happening Memorial Day weekend, May 22nd to the 25th. We're giving away two four-day passes. So the way you can win the first one is by going to Facebook or Twitter and finding the post that I made saying, please retweet this or share this and follow us and do that. And you can be entered to win. Uh, and the other way is by emailing comicalpodcast at gmail.com and telling us who your favorite Masters of the Universe character is and why. We know it's Merman. <laughs> so those are the two ways you can win one of the four-day passes. Also, I want to remind everybody that you can find us in a couple of different places now. You can find us on nerdbong.com, Wicked Radio Network, Beyond the Dawn Radio, and Your City Radio. That's UR City Radio every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Woohoo! You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud. Now all of our entire catalog is available on SoundCloud. And YouTube. So we are officially everywhere you can be. <laughs> Man, we sound like a disease. Uh, I'm so, telling you, y'all are spreading. You're like herpes. There's <laughs> a crew for that. We're the herpes, <laughs> we're the herpes of podcasting. <laughs> uh, I've also revised the website. So if you haven't checked that out yet, go look at it. Let me know what you think. I uh, made a couple changes. I think it looks pretty good. Um, we're also going to be having a cafe press site coming within the next couple of weeks where you'll be able to buy... Different t-shirts, the Shovel My Shit Tour shirt Miguel's been talking about for a long time. Uh, we may have a new shirt after our conversation with Mike and Adam today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Miguel the Mushroom. <laughs> what did you say, Mike? We keep him in the dark and we just feed him shit. <laughs> Earlier you said if you took my kidney, he'd be pissing what? Oh, yeah, yeah. If I took your kidney, I would wake up every morning and piss excellence. That's right. <laughs> I like that shirt. <laughs> piss excellence. That's going to be my month. <laughs> 2015. <laughs> That's the show name, Piss Excellence. 
So uh, make sure to keep your eyes peeled for the Cafe Press site and go buy some shirts with us up there. And uh, also, don't forget to go and support these guys by going to Kickstarter and searching for Blood and Dust. Their book is awesome. Yes, it is. Uh, you should definitely go out and support them. Uh, follow them on Twitter and follow them on Facebook. Yeah, where do they find you, Mike? Um, mine is uh, at Blood and Dust. Um, Adam is uh, at Nightshade Comics. Um, he spelled the comics weird, so just make sure you're looking for Adam Orndorff. Um, NightshadeComics.com is our new website. We just got it up. We're still um, improving that a little bit. Um, podcast, uh, NightshadeComics.Podbean.com. Or so, iTunes. Yeah, or iTunes, absolutely. We're on iTunes. Um, you guys will have to show me how to flex my muscle and all that other stuff. Um, oh, oh, pod godfathers of mine. Um, no problem. And, uh, <laughs> and facebook.com forward slash nightshade comics for our uh, Facebook page. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to set up a, uh, set up a tour stop at the, on the BAMcast. Yeah. You want Miguel to yeah. come on? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We have Miguel on. Oh, that's going to be Mike Frighten Brian. I don't know how we're going to do that, Brian. <laughs> uh, that's going to be interesting because uh, I, I already uh, pretty much damaged Brian. So, Real quick question on that. When do you guys uh, record? Um, usually uh, on uh, Saturday afternoons. Um, we've been doing every other Saturday just simply because I'd like to have somewhat of a life, you know. But um, yeah, every other Saturday has been what we've been doing. So it's about the regularity I think we're going to stick with for a while at least. Okay. Well, I'll message you later and we'll talk about when I can come on. I'll probably do it from, I was trying to do it from Starbucks, but it was too much noise. So I basically do it from Justin's house now. He said he couldn't be himself at Starbucks. I couldn't be myself. So I was like, okay. Yeah, it's kind of hard to be in, yeah, Starbucks is not really the place to freak out your barista. <laughs> so I'll just give you a call. Cool, man. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter also. I'm at Comical Podcast. I'm at Comical Podcast too. And on Facebook, we're Facebook.com slash Comical Podcast. Uh, and that is pretty much it. Do you want to close out the show, Mike? All right, everybody. Well, just remember, keep on laughing, bitches. Nice. <laughs> what are you doing on Memorial Day weekend? Well, forget that, because Comic Palooza 2015 is almost here. At Comic Palooza, you'll see your favorite celebrities, comic book creators, and authors. Hear super cool musical acts. Experience crazed cosplay events. Rowdy professional wrestlers, raucous roller derby girls, literally thousands of hours of programming, and so much more. Celebrity guests appearing at Comic Palooza this year include Jeremy Renner, that's right, Hawkeye from The Avengers, stars of the hit Fox series Gotham, Star Trek's George Takei, oh my, the Fonz himself, Henry Winkler, a. Comic book superstar Stan the Man Lee. And, of course, me, Kyle Hebert, that anime and video game voice actor guy. Follow Comic Palooza on social media, on Twitter, at Comic Palooza, Instagram, at Houston Comic Palooza, and like us on Facebook to keep up with amazing guest announcements as they happen. Remember, Comic Palooza at the George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston, Texas, Memorial Day weekend, May 22nd to 25th. Get your passes today. Head over to www.comicpalooza.com for all the details.